This upcoming school year, teachers are playing a critical role in helping families adjust to the new normal, whether that be in the classroom or at home. We need to support our teachers now more than ever. That's why Clorox is donating $1 million to Clear the List Foundation to help supply the resources teachers need to set their students up for success. Clorox is also offering you a chance to win $5,000 for your back-to-school needs, plus $20,000 for your local school to prepare for the year ahead. To enter, visit Clorox.com. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Mission Chunya podcast. Well, wherever you are in the world at this point in time, that is April 2020, stay safe, stay stay indoors and follow the recommendations of your local government agencies. The COVID-19 is the biggest crisis of our lifetime and I'm sure with our collective efforts and basic courtesies we can definitely win this over. Again, I'm taking this opportunity to thank all the frontline workers including the doctors, medical practitioners and all the supporting services for the relentless pursuit. But as always, there are interesting stories from around the world, stories that will make you feel good on any given day. And on this episode you'll hear one such story. This week's theme is water. The sustainable development goals or the SDGs is one of the focus areas as we transition to a zero carbon economy. Access to clean water is a key SDG. During these times when the resources and access to it are limited, we always tend to get a little judicious. No matter which country you live in, you always try to conserve and preserve the resources that you have. The company that I'm featuring today offers purified water, purified water on a pay-as-you-use model. A model that has ensured like water wastage has come down after people adopted the solution. So let's dive into this week's episode featuring Vikram and his company Osho Water. Hello Vikram, welcome to the Mission Shunya podcast. Thank you. So before I have a chat with Vikram and hear about his story on how we got started with Osho Water, I also have a co-host on this podcast episode. I have Anirudh Gupta from the Sustainability Mafia. You probably remember Sustainability Mafia. I had an episode episode 13 to be precise. So Anirudh uh, is from the Sustainability Mafia. So I'll ask him to give give us a brief background about what he does in Sustainability Mafia. Anirudh, thank you Girish. So uh, with the, with the Sustainability Mafia, we are organizing a consortium of sustainability leaders from around the country. And we believe that by organizing independent sustainability leaders, we can create a very effective movement to make sustainable solutions easily accessible economical and the default choice in the larger public uh, so we we hope to do that with leaders like vikram uh, like girish and a host of others that we are bringing on to our into into our community thanks anirudh it's actually good to have another person uh, join as a co-host because i'm sure as a listener even you would probably feel a little monotonous with just me asking questions to the guest on the show this is a change and let's see how this progresses so now on to vikram so vikram give us your story how did you get started with osho water what was your intrinsic motivation to do that yeah thank you girish and anirudh thanks for getting me on to the call today uh, so i think there's a lot uh, uh, the, the story behind how we started osho water is too large but then i'll try to concise 
uh, in few few lines uh, what we saw that you know many of the today's disruptive innovators you know they had something in common they had a willingness and they wanted to a willingness to change uh, the standard in the industry uh, and uh, they used technology uh, as a drive changer the, the platform uh, to build uh, not just new products but then also employ uh, deploy the technologies to address uh, inefficiencies in the market uh, the technologies you know through which they could rethink business models and reconsider the way things have always been done so starting from Uh, how the urban transport has been changed by Uber and similar companies. How uh, grocery deliveries has been redefined uh, by uh, companies like Big Basket. Uh, we felt, you know, if there's something we can do uh, in terms of uh, in the water domain. So I uh, sat with my family, uh, with the seniors, discussed with a couple of friends of mine who uh, have been uh, working in the technology domain uh, for a while, and then try to see, you know, if there's a way that we can invest in uh, building the right technology. Uh, to create more efficiency, to build a sustainable business, uh, and above all, impact the well-being of a wider world. So, with that as a motivation, you know, I had two choices uh, at uh, back home. One was either get into uh, real estate, uh, which is affordable housing, or build some water technologies, which uh, can impact billions of lives. So, I choose uh, water to be my domain. It felt was like a natural fit for me. And then we started this uh, about three and a half years back. Uh, the vision what we had uh, when we started uh, kept gradually going up with more and more support uh, coming in from friends families and the industry at large so where we saw the availability of drinking water you know continues to be a problem even till date uh, you know assuring that it is safe affordable is an additional challenge for itself so with this big problem around us we saw a huge opportunity uh, to build a sustainable business So being in the water business uh, kind of gives me a personal uh, satisfaction. You know, it, it fulfills my own fundamental need of that. How can we of help to every human life around me? Uh, so there were a lot of factors which we considered you know, when it comes to why Osho, why the way we're doing it. So we looked into uh, as a background on you know how people consume drinking water. How do they fulfill their drinking water needs today? You know, what nudges them to kind of find. Uh, Uh, you know, either drink straight from the tap, or to go and buy a water purifier outside, or go stand inside outside a queue, uh, probably to fill water from a water kiosk. And then looking into all this, uh, we started uh, considering uh, how can we deploy IoT to kind of make this uh, even more feasible, even more adoptable, even more intelligent. Uh, and uh, with with a long term vision of you know how can we have a sustainable intelligent uh, and also an affordable water purification solution that's uh, that's a good story vikram that's a good story to begin by understanding what was your motivation to get started with this but before we go on to how your technology operates what is the biggest challenge that anyone faces in urban centers urban cities in getting access to purified water i mean access to safe and purified water is one of the sustainable development goals so what do you think is the biggest challenge in modern cities I think see, in, in many countries, the quality of drinking water provided by the government is kind of compromised, and the citizens need to depend on water purification techniques or filtration techniques of Ghana. Of course, uh, whether it is uh, developed nations or developing nations or the backward nations, the challenge remains the same: that there is enough water around us, but uh, is every drop safe enough to drink? Uh, we have looked at that the leakages in the pipeline. 
in the utility supply which causes further contamination. Uh, and uh, thankfully, uh, people have realized over a period of the last two, three decades that drinking clean water is essential for them to maintain a good health as well. So with the factor in, uh, the health concern of uh, individuals uh, about, uh, about themselves, uh, their families, their kids, so the whole uh, idea that I should be drinking clean water and uh, not go, say, a not so clean water or bad quality water uh, has kind of led to people to depend on new water filtration techniques, which made them either move to either buy a water uh, point of use uh, water or uh, thankfully uh, to a lot of NGOs and uh, private uh, CSR funds supporting drinking water projects. Uh, they have established this community drinking water stations uh, and uh, there's still a lot of people who are still dependent uh, or who still drink water straight from the tap. Uh, of course, uh, we don't say that uh, all the tap water which comes into the home is bad, but uh, more likely that the we, we always recommend that there should be at least one uh, simple stage of filtration to be done. Uh, and then looking into all this, our, our quite belief is that you know water quality uh, is not a privilege; it's a human right? and and that is where we kind of started our first step. That's a wonderful way to put it. I mean, water quality is a bare minimum requirement. In terms of how you do it, I mean, one thing that really catches anyone's attention when someone visits your website is the idea of pay as you use model. Why did you choose to go this way? Did you choose to go this way just because there was a differentiator or did you actually feel there is a better value proposition when someone takes a pay-as-you-use approach than the con- conventional water purification methods? See, uh, there, there were a few questions which we had, right? That, you know, we looked at the uh, water purification industry or water purifier industry's penetration in the Indian market. And most of our primary research uh, gave us insights that uh, the number of households who are using water purifier inside the homes is less than 5% of uh, India's population. And the number of people who are probably consuming water from uh, water jars uh, or, or uh, standing outside a queue on a water kiosk was about 18 to 20% of the total population. And then when we like, looked into the whole approach that, you know, what are the customer needs, what sort of jobs they need to do, to get clean water for their home, for their family. You know, it involved us to figure out, uh, you know, how can we design a right solution, a right channel to reach them and the right way to maintain the customer relationship. And then water industry itself offers a tremendous opportunity. And uh, we, we, we saw that if the whole world, if you see in the last five years, uh, last seven years, has been moving from owning products to consuming services. And by consuming services, everything became affordable for most of us. Whether it is uh, traveling uh, in a car from a location A to location B, or even flying in from, uh, say, Delhi to Bangalore. Like, I can't afford to buy a aeroplane by myself. But then since I'm paying for seat, per uh, trip on the flight, where everything is taken care of by the airliners, starting from buying the aeroplane, maintaining it, having a pilot, uh, have a host, inside the aircraft and a lot of facilities all available on a pay-per-use model where I've just paid for the trip I have done. And so we felt that there's a larger bunch of population in India who still can't afford to buy a water purification unit for the home. 
they're probably going out, standing out in the tree, or they're still drinking in from an unsafe water source. So combining all these aspects, we felt that if we can increase uh, their ability to purchase, like how, uh, I know I always quote this example of uh, sachet marketing, where a brand, uh, check a couple of years back, started selling shampoos in a small sachet. And suddenly you see a lot of people who couldn't buy a 500ml or a 650ml shampoo bottle they could also start using shampoos at their home because it started coming in a 5ml or a 10ml pouch. So the affordability factor increased for people uh, when the, the whole business model changed by the entrepreneurs or by the investors. So, and we saw that a lot of people were lining up outside those water kiosks because they were able to pay based on their consumptions. They were able to, there's no other charge what they have to pay besides just paying for every liter of water uh, which they're filling in their cans. The investment was taken care of by somebody, the maintenance was taken care of by somebody. And we said, why can't we become that somebody and then redefine this whole that someone, you know, after 75 years of India's independence, we're still making someone from a home travel outside his home to fetch water for their home. Uh, for their home. Why can't we change it, bring, you know, they already have a water coming inside the home. If we can treat that right inside the home, they will have a fresh tasting water, water always inside and probably they'll save that one hour of tra tra uh, waiting time on the queue or travel time or taking the trouble of going out. You know, where probably only uh, women used to uh, carry water back home with this whole trend of water kiosk, even men started carrying Water, of course, not on the head, but probably on the two. Vikram, it's so refreshing to hear you actually say that fresh water access should be a basic human right uh, and ra rather than a privilege. Because we live in a world, or at least pre this entire pandemic, we lived in a world where the gourmetification of water, right, gourmet water, was becoming a very big thing. And it seemed like people are trying to package water in more and more fancy ways and move away from the basic human right that actually uh, should be the label attached to freshwater access. And I, and I feel like what you're doing is essentially decentralizing freshwater access, drinking water access, by bringing it into people's homes, which is a very, very fascinating movement, I would say. So can you throw some light on what the economics of your model are? And for a typical household, when they adopt your solution, what does it look like? Okay, so uh, every OSHU water purifier is uh, currently installed without taking any deposit from our customers. We install absolutely at a zero cost in their home. All we want is a plumbing line where uh, incoming water is available and an electrical socket uh, so that we can connect the machine to power up and uh, get clean drinking water. Now, as a, a strategic decision, uh, which is more of our business model, uh, we expect the consumers only to pay us for every liter of water consumed by them uh, and not for uh, any maintenance, any replacement of membranes as in when it is needed. So, and, and, and every, uh, since if you've seen uh, post demonetization, uh, I think few things have come in blessing for us that people started uh, doing digital transactions uh, without any fear. Uh, there's no fear for people to now share their credit card details or pay online and suddenly the internet uh, you know became so affordable that if, if you were doing the same iot uh, uh, you know pre-demonetization or pre-geo uh, telecom days uh, i don't think we, it would have been affordable for us to track 
every machine for its functioning or the water quality inside it. So with uh, we paying the uh, the internet bills as well of the machine, all the customer has to do is just go to our portal uh, or log into our app, buy the water credits online, uh, and we charge just one rupee for every liter of water which is dispensed by the machine. Now, what we have achieved with all this is that we have been successful in bringing down the drinking cost for a lot of our users. For example, our machines installed in uh, small and medium enterprises, like upcoming startups, uh, where they were buying water cans where the quality of water was slightly unsure by them, but they were paying anywhere from three to four rupees per liter, uh, you know, for of water for their offices, and that has just come down to one rupee flat. Uh, small and medium, uh, apart from small and medium offices, households, right, and who were either dependent on a can or who were probably not able to buy a water purifier themselves or the increasing cost of the annual maintenances. Right? I mean, nobody knows what happens to your machine. What is the future cost you'll have to incur once the, it is out of warranty? Now, we've been able to save a lot of money from them uh, as well. And a uh, few houses which we have seen, uh, you know, uh, gives us that idea that we, we've helped them kind of make some savings for their home with which they were able to buy probably more electronic gadgets for their home or it helped them clear a, a small part of their EMIs which they were paying for either either for their education of their kids or the gadgets they bought for their home and of course in addition to to all this drinking good quality water ensured good health for them. Uh, at this point I would like to jump in and just for the benefit of listeners just clarify that the demonetization that Vikram mentions was a phase in 2016 when the government intended that most of the transactions has to happen digitally. So, and after that, there was emergence of 4G networks in India and widespread adoption of 4G has enabled the entire network of IoT-based devices coming up and IoT-based services like water purification, like Osho Water coming up. So this has been a big boon. Vikram, now you did mention that your target customers are small households and small and medium scale industries. But in terms of the real technology difference between a normal purifier that anyone would typically use to compare to what what is the technology behind your purifiers, is there any major change or is it the same kind of technology that's in place? So the key success you know, to, for Osho has been using a progressive blend of IoT uh, and the pay-per-use model which, enabled, which got enabled because of that and our uh, self-maintenance process. Post with our total disruption is a sum of intelligent blend of digital tools, intellect uh, sensors, online algorithms, and uh, our user-friendly analytics, you know, which helps us consumer make their own decisions on their drinking water habits uh, or on their maintenance of the devices. Uh, what we did, uh, of course, over the last uh, two, three decades of large water purifier brands, pushing particular technologies like reverse osmosis ultrafiltration, to the mindsets of consumers, uh, we felt that having a new technology back on hand, uh, we didn't want to experiment too much with the market uh, because there were three things which we were trying to introduce at the same time. Uh, one was uh, the whole pay-per-use model. The second was our uh, self-maintenance process. And the uh, third being the new water type. We wanted to take, uh, say, at least six months to 12 months uh, on as we were introducing uh, every aspect of our technology to our customers. So the first year we spent uh, more of uh, introducing the paper use model to users, 
and the second year we spent more on uh, on educating them on how can they self maintain their device uh, which helps us lower our uh, maintenance costs as well you know it reduces our visits to their home which means that we will be able to give them water at even more affordable price now with all of that uh, we also saw that fundamentally everybody was running water in their homes especially the ones who are using water purification devices or the ones who are standing outside a queue in a water kiosk most of them are using reverse osmosis as a water tank and certainly uh, osmo ro has its own advantages and disadvantages uh, the major disadvantage being that a lot of waste water gets generated now there was no solution uh, until uh, we kind of figured out that there are simple ways on how we can do it and we figured out that really from the water quality test which we did initially we saw that technically there was no need of running every drop of water coming into home through a reverse osmosis system we were all forced to do it because there was no other alternative which we all felt or which we were all thrown using those marketing campaigns by large companies so we looked into this and then we found that there's a simple solution we can do it and then on the same time we took an analogy from the growing uh, mobile phone market uh, do, do you do you use a phone uh, anirudh and girish uh, which has two sims inside or it's only one sim card i i use one sim i have the two sim phone two but sim. i use okay. one sim so but so can you tell me i mean why, what was your motivation to buy a two sim or why do you think people use a two sim phone i think it's just the chinese uh, smartphone market domination and their their basic model was a two sim phone going forward okay so there are a couple of reasons why people have used two two sims one uh, to have a backup uh, network available say if one network goes down so we looked into this and said you know why can't we take queue from the mobile phone industry and adopt that into water purification so in, so the way we have two sims on every phone uh, or, or or on these phones uh, we created two faucets on our machine uh, one faucet which will run water through all the stages including reverse osmosis and second which will just bypass reverse osmosis and uh, give you clean drinking water and the whole analogy for us was that you know if the water is highly contaminated uh, and uh, if it is not required to be running through a reverse osmosis they can just do an ultra filtration simple way on fairly treating water and consuming it out now what this helps them is they save a lot of water uh, in terms of wastewater being zero from an ultra filtration process and uh, they can add up they don't have to use reverse osmosis for every uh, water quality how does a customer know that what is the water quality uh, we added sensors which could test quality in terms of total dissolved solids and display that information live for every incoming water drop to the users on the machine itself so we have a screen uh, which tells them what is their incoming quality and user can choose uh, either a process a or a process b depending on their incoming water and we also saw that you know most of our indian houses uh, we use uh, a good amount of water inside our kitchens as well considering that we you know we all have that good habit of making food at home and eating and a uh, lot of times we also closely observed uh, our user base uh, and we saw that you know they they started using a reverse osmosis treated water uh, for cooking vegetables making rice and so on and so forth whereas the oldest form of cleaning water before the advent of all these 
water purification devices was boiling water. We said when they are eventually boiling the water, they really don't have to treat that through an RO. They can just do a fair treatment using an ultrafiltration and use that water for uh, cooking purposes. So we designed this machine in such a way that you can use one faucet for drinking and the other faucet for cooking. And you can use a cooking faucet for drinking as well if your input water quality is say below a 300 TDS. Now, if, if you've seen uh, uh, last one year, the National Green Tribunal has been talking about banning RO in specific areas where the incoming water quality is supplied by the water utility, you know, is below a particular TDS range. And uh, you see the and, and we see that the current water purifier industry is not even prepared for it because either you can have an RO system or you can have a no RO system, but then your water quality changes at your home because not all homes have a 24 bar 70 supply. You have water coming in from your underground sources. And if you go out on the outskirts of Bangalore, most of the apartments in Bangalore also get water uh, through these moving trucks, which are popularly called as water tankers. Now, water tanker quality always is uh, always varies and it is much worse than what comes from the Now, when you have different quality water coming into your home pipeline supply, you can't afford to have two machines where you can switch from, say, one machine to the other. So having the uh, dual SIM card success seen in mobile phones, we adopted that and we said, you know, let's have a dual smart purification process where people can decide what is the treatment process they should be using within their home. And that enabled us, you know, to be much ahead of the NGT norms where NGT talking about banning ROs today with having no other solution being proposed by them. We've been on the track since day one because of this little change in the in the whole game of water paper that's really wonderful vikram i think your basic idea has been heavily influenced by the mobile telephony networks and one was the model pay as you use model and then having dual sim cards analogy to have two pipes and uh, two different water purification methods so one thing that clearly bogs my mind from time to time about this RO purification is that RO typically wastes a lot of water in purification process. I think for every liter, it wastes another liter of purified water. So is this true and why does this happen? Is your solution a little better when in compared to what is generally wasted in typical ROs? Okay, so in an RO, the wastage could be anywhere from double to about four times. Uh, depending on the quality of membrane a company is manufactured. Uh, traditionally, I mean, I would give a very simple example. That, you know, if you have a glass full of water, let's say uh, it having half filled with sand, of course, you will get only half liter, half glass of water coming out right, from uh, when you're filtering it, say, using a paper cloth, using a cloth or a paper filter. This is fundamentally, we want users to understand that it is not that uh, the reverse osmosis systems are purposely designed to waste a lot of water, but it's because of the incoming dust, incoming sediments, uh, incoming sand particles, which are also there in the water, which needs to be cleaned. Now, having said that, uh, reverse osmosis membranes are typically uh, preferred for water quality, which is too bad, uh, which is say about 500 uh, TDS, 500 ppm of total dissolved solids, or even more. Now, depending on how worse the water quality is, uh, the higher the wastage is going to be. The world is looking at alternatives to RO reverse osmosis as well. 
and uh, we hope we will be leading that tech process of what should be the new water filtration technique the world should be adopting with our partners from uh, Israel and Netherlands we are up, uh, we, we have rigorously working in our labs on what should be the new water tech and uh, we hope we should be launching that uh, you know probably uh, in 2021 or even earlier if you know things go in the right way post the covid-19 situation Vikram what are the uh, opportunities to work with that wastewater uh, what could be done with that like what comes to mind is what comes to mind is obviously groundwater recharge right that with some effective piping you could channel that into yeah absolutely but then you know most of the homes are designed in such a way that the reject water in the kitchen always goes down the drain now and people don't have that much of motivation because there's an investment which goes in if they have to re, you know put that water ground back back to it but then uh, back, back to the ground but then i would always uh, recommend users to uh, like you know how we have the whole sustainability concept coming in that you know reduce uh, recycle uh, and reuse as much as possible and you know of course a reduction in the wastewater is technically seems a little difficult because of the reverse osmosis thing but then uh, there's a way again recycling as you mentioned is going back you know sending that water back to the ground which is again an expensive affair for most like if you have to if you're in an apartment complex and if you have to do that it's going to be really really difficult but it's kind of easier for uh, individual homes to put it back to the ground if they have a rainwater harvesting system in place. But then the easiest to do is reuse. And uh, I recommend uh, reusing that water, say, when they're washing their utensils, uh, which we do, every home does it every day. Uh, mopping your floors, use that in your kitchen uh, or in your toilets for flushing. Uh, or even you can use that for uh, washing your car. And, and we saw that how many liters of water people use when they're doing all these activities. And for example, even if you're resuming your wastages, uh, say uh, one is to one, uh, and a family of four uses about uh, uh, 15 to 20 liters of drinking water every day. If you see that the wastage of water is one is to one because of a reverse osmosis system, the wastage what you're generating is just about 20 liters which is about three flushes in your time or in your home. And probably, uh, uh, I mean, we have seen people using about 200 liters of water only while they're washing their utensils. So it's just a, that if you can reuse that for doing all this uh, small jobs at homes, uh, definitely you will never feel that you're wasting more water. Uh, but then you're giving a second life to that same water, which would have otherwise gone just down to the drain and adding up to the burden of the utility. Uh, you can just create one more uh, step forward in reusing it so it's a lot of behavioral change that you are trying to recommend there with the same resources that people have uh, how can they reuse into other aspects of their household agreed absolutely and in fact when since you mentioned a behavioral change uh, there's one thing which i would like to kind of uh, point out or even comment which we have seen with most of our users right? that by paying per liter a rupee, uh, people have started reducing wastage in their homes because every glass of water earlier, before uh, installation of an OSHA purifier in someone's home, people used to fill a glass full of water, drink half of it, and then they used to kind of pour the rest half it into a sink because there was no monetary value attached to that full glass of water. 
but then now that they are paying a rupee a liter which is of course cheaper than having your own purifier at your home or depending on a water can etc what has happened is that people started quantifying water and giving it a price value that hey the 200 ml of glass water has filled is probably is worth 20 paise and i have just wasted 10 paise of water for so now they started if you want to drink a glass full you drink a glass full or you take a half glass drink that and then fill in more so the whole conservation habit which you and we have been learning from our school days uh, some way we believe that that's a silver lining waters coming out from our whole uh, osho's water purification as a service that people have started uh, you know giving a price tag to the water which they're doing and uh, globally most of the industry experts also feel that till you don't price water people will not value it so when they are probably brushing their teeth they started turning off because they started realizing though it is not purified from an ocean machine this x liters of water which is getting wasted when they are probably washing their cars next time people have started moving to you know using buckets instead of a hose pipe uh, their uh, span of taking showers have come down a lot of people have switched down you know switched from taking uh, full showers to kind of filling in a bucket at least that now they have a measurement on how much water of water they consuming beyond drinking water at the house so that behavioral whole the whole aspect of they paying per liter is kind of getting into their day to life day to day lives as well and which we believe is uh, a need of the earth i see i mean from last 15 days we all have been thinking that somebody catches a corona virus you know is certainly going to die which means on the other side that we all can live without that virus but then i think all of us should take this good period of this 3 weeks or furthermore to kind of understand can we live without water you know how do we go how are we going to survive if there's no water in our home how are we going to survive if there's no water to brush your teeth to make your vegetables and and so on and so forth Vikram, that's an interesting analogy and interesting aspect that you mentioned about the behavioral side of things. Because I've generally advocated about preserve, uh, conserving the water used from our road and use it for other purposes earlier in multiple podcast episodes. So a good, that's a good thing that you put value to water, and people are generally aware of what they use it for, and maybe conserve it a lot. Now, moving back to the policy angle in India, you did mention the National Green Tribunals. upcoming policy initiatives on ro purifiers so what do you think is going to be the impact on businesses like yours why 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 do they need see a need to have a policy for ro purifiers in general and what do you think is going to be the impact for businesses like yours i one clear reason what uh, why the national green tribunal wants a ban on reverse osmosis membranes where uh, water quality is fairly good or below a certain tds level Uh, is uh, again water conservation we want to have more water being available and not burdening the water utilities with treating that excess wastage which is coming but uh, what they have also significantly mentioned in the policy uh, which has come uh, we don't i mean most of the companies are still not prepared for it so, uh, there was a, a supreme court judgment as well post that asking the ministry of environment and forest Uh, to kind of implement the rules where they want uh, to track every purifier's function they want to know uh, if a purifier is installed uh, you know it's kind of putting the whole idea of blockchain into it they want to know who's using that purifier in which home what is the water quality of their home what is the output water quality coming out from the machine they also want to track uh, at what point the filter membranes are replaced uh, and what is the uh, lifeline of every membrane which is being 
used uh, as a standard by most of the companies. So they, they want to put more of, uh, as we said that, you know, if, if you have to, uh, if you don't measure anything and if you don't monitor anything, you can't manage it better. So to manage the water resources of our country better, we need to measure what's happening uh, to the membranes, uh, to the machines, to the water quality, and uh, monitor all of it. And they want to put, uh, uh, they, they have asked uh, the water purifier companies, uh, whether it is uh, small water purifiers at home or the larger systems in industries, to maintain a log sheet of when the membrane is replaced, what is the water quality over a period of time, which is changing in the machine. And uh, to our good effect, or to our advantage, OSHO has been doing this since day one. All this what Supreme Court or the National Green Tribunal today wants to be implemented by the industry, OSHO is already leading this from day one. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, if, if the rule gets implemented, I don't think we have to run helter shelter. Uh, what we have done is a perfect intersection of, intersection of use bringing sustainability and using technology to the so in addition to the ngt and supreme court uh, directives and recommendations what mass scale policies would you like to see you know if you had a wish list that could essentially incentivize the mass public to make your solution their default choice well uh, i mean i don't know i mean see there's one thing that uh, which always which i always feel is that uh, i don't want to create a monopoly in the industry but then i will i'll be happy if the industry adopts a model like this of a paper use with the water quality being tracked the performance of the machine being monitored and hence managing our resources in a better way right so i want the whole industry to kind of move into that direction uh, so that all of us put together uh, can serve the entire population of India and subsequently global. Certainly the, from a policy angle, uh, that this, there's a lot government has done, but then I believe uh, if we can do something more beyond all this, that uh, if we can set up uh, an, a way where uh, where we can share the data, since I'm monitoring the water quality at of home, right? uh, we also are looking at the TDS uh, to begin with from our current systems. And we also know the amount, the, the water source coming at the home, whether it is utility, whether it is underground, or whether it is the the tankers which are flowing. Now, with mapping all this water quality information, we want to share the data with government so that they can take proactive action. But if, if we know that there's a particular user who's using water more from their underground sources, and that water quality is not good, which means that you know if, if government can intervene and get that underground water shut and then uh, give them the water connection as needed to the home. So on and so forth. But from a larger policy angle, uh, I believe uh, the digital transformation uh, has helped a lot of industries, whether it is the manufacturing units, uh, with they moving from a 3.0 to 4.0 and probably to a 5.0 as well. Uh, the telecom industry, uh, the finance industry, lot of other industries, even the e-commerce, right? The way we buy and sell products today has changed because of the e-commerce coming into play. But sadly, uh, I believe that digitization in water is yet to happen. Uh, uh, if I have to call it, we are still at water 1.0 and certainly if we all have to survive a good number of years, a good life, you know, 
make it more merry for the next generation we should ramp up from a water 1.0 to straight away jump up to a water 5.0 or something where the water quality across the country is monitored that if we can have systems uh, which can track when when an industry is releasing polluted water straight into a canal or a river we should have mechanisms to monitor that as well you know when when we are excessively uh, using water beyond a certain cap say for a particular household that should be kind of controlled that you know people are just wasting water and one way to do control them is you know kind of either incentivize them uh, for saving more water or penalize them for using excess water because uh, though they paying for the water they consuming at the home uh, there's a bigger cost which the nation has to pay for an excessive usage of water and i believe that should be stopped and if i have to just go off from uh, drinking water uh, there's a policy change which i believe should be coming or should come in water and agriculture as well we all are worried about the cleanliness you know or the contamination in water when we are consuming it at homes but then if you see uh, due to excessive usage of insecticides pesticides for fertilizers in agriculture there's a lot of amount of contamination which has happened to the water at an agricultural site most of them use bore wells uh, pump water from underground and that gets into a food chain how do we stop it if that is not controlled uh, in the future to come certainly most of the diseases which we get today are which are 99% water borne but then in future they will also be borne from the food which we are eating because the contaminated water is entering that cucumber which you are eating that's entering uh, into that tomato which you are consuming right now so you know if, if the government wants to do a a 360 degree approach they should be looking at the agriculture side as well because globally uh, if you see the amount of fresh water consumed or the underwater consumed uh, close to 80% of that is meant or consumed by the agricultural industry and not much has been done except for giving subsidies on their electrical bills where pumps are used and probably digging more bore wells whenever they need that's a very novel suggestion vikram i mean as government plans to have more policies in this i'm sure they sh- they would look at it from a holistic picture and have all these policies in place so on a final note as a as a businesses as you run your business what are your plans for expansion and how do you plan to expand i know you are in a few cities at this point in india and how do you plan to scale it up of course certainly every company wants to grow and you know they would want to be the leading person in the uh, in the industry they operate but then uh, the way we we have designed that our vision is very simple we want to inspire the world with water uh, eliminate uh, single use filter membrane housings eliminate the plastic bottles and uh, provide everyone with an access to clean drinking water you know whether they are at home or whether they are at office or they are residents now having all this uh, done uh, it took us a good amount of time to design solutions so get the market acceptance uh, today we are operating in the city of uh, bangalore throughout and we have started uh, our services uh, in a limited area in chennai and hyderabad as well uh, we want uh, we, we know we we certainly look at that the generation after us you know doesn't deserve to inherit the trash we are creating so 
the ways that uh, if we can deliver clean water that the nature wanted to give it to us is something uh, which we want to take it forward and we welcome the industry uh, to come into a arena like this to come into a business model like this uh, so that uh, all of us uh, you know have our own strengths we have our own strengths on few regions where we are operating today but then there is the india is too large to kind of catered by one company again if i have to i have zero knowledge about the northeast um, part of our country um, a couple of regions in the north as well so if, if the industry comes together to make it a win win for all uh, i think it it will be a good thing to happen because on our own uh, it's going to be an herculean task to serve the entire country uh, at the same time uh, if we get opportunities uh, as we are speaking uh, we are expecting some good prospects from a few investors who are willing to come on board and with this support uh, we are looking to get into about 10 million households in the next uh, 3 to 5 years Vikram Oshio water story is definitely very inspiring uh, i think it sets a very good model and template for future sustainability leaders as well uh, in whatever realm they get into it seems it's very evident that your make your solution is accessible uh, easy to implement and economical and i think that's the roadmap to make sustainable solutions the default choice uh, so it's it's great to have you in the mafia as well uh, one last point since we have this opportunity i'd like to ask you to zoom out a little bit and go beyond the household a lot of people believe that we have a fresh water crisis in the country what are your thoughts on that do you have any uh, suggestions for what can be done about it on a micro level uh, as i said uh, that you know we have enough water around us uh, our problem is water management if we are able to manage it better uh, we will have enough water for everyone and for the next generations as well and the only way i see to manage it better is to measure and monitor so these uh, three ms if they come on one platform i think uh, the whole issue about water crisis can be resolved uh vikram thank you thank you very much for taking time and joining us on this podcast and sharing the story of osho water i'm sure with uh, clear intent and good product that have offers differential value i'm sure there'll be a lot of t- uptakes for this in the coming years and wishing you a successful year ahead and a decade ahead so thank you again thank you girish nanidud and i have uh, one last comment that uh, you know i always believe is that bachega jal to rahega kal so if there's enough water only then we have enough life in our life. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one uh, i'm sure vikram you'll have to translate it to all listeners Yes, so I I request all the users to conserve water uh, because if there is water today, only then we have a tomorrow. And uh, if you have, if you conserve water, only then my business can thrive. If you conserve water, only then your lives can. So if you want me to thrive, Osho to thrive, and uh, you and your family and your businesses to flourish, you should be conserving water either by turning off the tap when you're brushing your teeth, take shorter showers uh, if you're used to. taking standing showers or use a bucket as an alternative you know use uh, a hose pipe uh, use a bucket rather than a hose pipe when washing your car and then try to give a second life to water so that you know you can lead your life better well i hope the origins and the story of osho water was of interest to you 
If you want to find out more, visit oshowater.online. Again, the links will be in the show notes section of the podcast, so make sure you check that if you want to know more. The service of Osho Water is currently being offered in only in a few Indian cities, but if you want to explore setting up similar business model in your city or country, Vikram will be happy to help you, so feel free to get in touch with Vikram if you want to know more. And I also hope you like the idea of having a second host on the show. Thanks to Anirudh Gupta from the Sustainability Mafia for joining me in the conversation today. If you have any feedback or opinion after listening to this, do drop a message. I'm just an email away. Missionchunya@gmail.com is the ID. You can also tag me on a social media post on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. The handle is at missionchunya. And again, stay home, stay safe. And while you are indoors during these days, follow the stories on the Mission Chunya channel. If you have been following the Mission Chunya podcast for quite some time, please share the idea and the podcast to three people in your network immediately after listening to this. And please use this time also to write a review for the show on Apple Podcast or any platform that you listen to it on. It helps in getting more people to join the Mission Chunya movement. So with that, signing off. This is Girish Shivakumar, and thank you for listening. Hackers, the modern-day criminal. My name is Jack, and I'm glued to a good cybercrime story. Just listen to some of these guys. I accidentally robbed the wrong bank the last time I was in Beirut. The first time you steal a billion dollars, it's a bit of a rush. After you've kind of done this so many times, it's almost expected. Want to hear the rest of their stories and other true stories from the dark side of the internet? Go listen to the podcast Darknet Diaries.